0: From SLB Radio in Pittsburgh, Youth Express, the nation's first 24-7 radio station devoted to youth writing, music, and conversation.
1: I don't know why some people look down on people who either give up on college or never go in the first place.
0: There are people that just
1: hate you because of your race or ethnicity, but we are definitely making progress, basically.
2: She's hungry for everything, the life within, trying to find her way around again. Looking and searching is what she's doing. So I followed my brother down to the riverbank, and we donned our skates. Alev hurried, I tarried. Alev trudged through the slush. I caught a flake on my tongue.
3: My parents are from Bhutan. They migrated to Nepal, and I born there, and I moved here in the US. So it's a long journey to get here.
0: On today's episode, students around Pittsburgh talk about how society handles mental wellness. But first, students at Brashear High School reflect on their move to the U.S. from other countries.
3: My name's Gabo, I'm 16. I go to Brashear and
4: I'm from Rwanda.
2: Hi, I am uh, Musa, I go to Brashear. I am 15 years old and I am from Iraq.
4: Hello, my name is Nimi and I'm 16 years old. I go to Brashear and I'm from Nigeria.
2: So, back in 2005, I was born in Iraq, Baghdad, exactly. 2005, January 1st, the exact date, that is. Wow, I was really fun. I was a New Year's baby. For seven years of my life, just lived in Iraq. Nothing so special happened. And at eight or nine years old, I moved to Turkey for three years. And there, it was like a whole different experience. I had to learn a whole different language. And I was so young that I didn't understand that there's like different languages in the world besides Arabic. Yeah, whenever I was there, I was really, really confused until I got the hang of it. Then I moved. To um here and um, I had to learn this language right here. And now i guess I'm doing great. Okay, well, what was your guys' experience like whenever you um moved from your countries over to America?
3: In Africa. They'll come to your house and they say like today is like Monday and they'll say like you're going to go in America like Friday. And like you have to get rid of those stuff. You don't have to throw anyone around of yeah. you because they'll poison you or they'll kill you. Yeah,
4: it's just crazy. You can tell anyone.
3: If they don't succeed they don't want you to succeed either. The first time I came in America, I was like, I saw an airplane, I was like, wow, I'm going to go in there, and I was like, supplies. I
4: would say when I came to America at first, it was like, it was fun. I loved the plane ride. It was like, I loved it. But when we came down from the plane and everything, it was pretty cold, and like, I was just scared. You're in a new place, you don't know where you're going or anything. The first time in school, like, I would say first time in school was funny. That was the first time I seen a student actually talk to a teacher. I was like, what the heck's going on? Like... What? Like how? The stuff in like Nigeria and here is like way different. Let's say you do do something bad. Teacher could smack you, correct you, but here like the student could say anything to the teacher. If that happened in Nigeria, oh my God. Uh, Oh my God.
2: Uh, I've them have really similar experiences as far as like teacher abuse goes, whenever I was like back in Iraq, basically whenever I did anything wrong, first grade through fourth grade, whenever like I don't do a homework, I get my grades dropped, also I beat with the stick, which is um, very not nice. Also as far as um, similarities go, for me and Nimi, the first I came here, it was really cold, like unusually cold. Like the average temperature in Iraq goes around to like 56 degrees Celsius, 130,
3: 136 Fahrenheit. In Rwanda you have to go such like water, you have to go such water like Sometimes I didn't, I didn't want to search water. Like my mom she used to say to me, like, "Are oh, you not going to get any food?" She said, like, "You have to go search because I want
4: to cook." It's not just poor. When I was in Nigeria, I was not poor at all. Like I had everything I wanted and everything. But like, it's not safe there. Here, let's say you get arrested or anything, they take you to jail or something. Like, but well, Nigeria, if you get arrested, you can literally bribe the cop, for like, give them like five dollars. It's just corrupt. The government, everything, it's it's way different. There's more than 10 terrorists like I can name. They just kill Christians and Muslims. They don't like, it's about religion. They just kill anyone, they don't care.
3: A lot of people died in Rwanda. My
4: mom, she used to tell me the stories, but
3: I don't know anything. Thank God, because I was not alive. It's like a story, but I still remember. Like when it was like in the Congo, when I was baby, I was with my auntie and uncle and yeah, and my cousins. When I was baby, I, I cried too much and it was like some people trying to kill us because of like our regions. We hide like somewhere and like when I was keeping crying, my cousins and my uncles they ran away, but we're still there and I'm
4: still alive because of God. There's a school like in my country like in the same place, a whole 200 girls kidnapped. they couldn't find them and everything. It, it's scary. The Economy there is like really bad. And the government just keep taking money from the people, keep getting rich, people just keep dying and fighting, and they just don't care. They just don't care.
2: Iraq is literally the fifth most richest country in oil in the world, and still yet, 50% of the people get less than $4 a day. The way how they use the money is just really
3: bad. Right now, like in our country, was this guy, like, our president, have been like in presidents like 10 years. Kagame, he's not he's not a good guy. If he see you like you very, very smart, he'll kill you. Because like, you don't want like anyone like, to change him. You want to stay, like to have all the powers.
2: A lot of people just have differences in ideation, all that stuff, and that what brings a lot of problems. So in your guys' places, what was the most differential ideas that bring the most conflict in your guys' countries?
4: Everything. Like They kill over it, over religion. They kill over it everything. Like in Nigeria, there's three major like Igbo, Yoruba, I'm Yoruba, and that's Halusa. Back then, like, there was like a War, the Biafran War, because the Igbo didn't like, they just didn't like everyone. And they just start killing and everything. It's just like, they just hate each other for every reason. The Christians are killing the Muslims, the Muslims are killing the Christians. Either you follow us, or you just die.
3: Mutusi versus Muhutu, like, that's why we moved came in America, because of that
2: Yeah, about the ethnic groups and all that stuff, Sunnah and Shia is like, probably the only two different type of Muslims, it's just because of just different ways of how they um, they believe and like, they basically just go out there, kill each other, burn each other's houses. The safest thing you could do is just not even identify as anything, because just different ideations, different religions and all that stuff, or different ethnic groups just kill each other for the reason of just doing so.
3: Nah, it's not fair. Everyone they can breathe anything they want. If I was president, oh, I'll help like a lot of people in that country because like a lot of kids like them in streets, they lost their family, they don't know where to go, so they can die like any time.
4: If I was president, first I would start with economy and education.
2: Well, if I was uh, to be the president of my country, the first thing I'm gonna change is actually the way how the money is distributed. Try to make people as equal as possible, provide as many services as I could possibly could. Services never to be seen before in anywhere else in the world. And try to actually um, make the country for the people, try to make it as helpful to the whole world as possible, basically.
0: On our last segment, Catrice Stallworth. Oi Arbaggio, Kavya Weaver, Nadira Johnson and Nikoye Fears, all teens around Pittsburgh with a discussion on mental health. Their conversation is from a Youth Express live broadcast that aired in January.
1: So today one of our first topics we'll be talking about is mental health. So from the latest suicide data shown the death of the US mental health crisis, it's an article. It shows that unchecked mental illness can lead to violence. The coverage of psychiatric care is not always included within work benefits or it's too expensive to purchase. And 80% of people with mental health or substance abuse disorders don't seek care. How do you guys feel about this?
5: I think that this is a epidemic problem that needs to be solved. And I feel like a lot of the cause for people not seeking help would be the stigmatization of mental illness? I mean, it's
6: really exemplary of how mental illness is kind of treated as an extra as opposed to physical illness, especially with how it's not included within work benefits whereas like physical health insurance is.
1: African-Americans are 10% more likely to
6: experience psychological distress. Why do you think this fact is true? I mean, I hate to be blunt, but slavery, and uh, the effects of slavery that are still
1: going on to this very day. What do you think are some reasons for minorities not seeking treatment and receiving quality care?
6: A lot of it could be like because of like religious circumstances, because uh, there's this weird thing, uh, in, specifically in the African-American community, but in other communities as well, where like, Jesus is our therapist, No one else said, if you seek help, then you're weak because, you know, we survived slavery. So if we can survive slavery, then I don't understand why you're suffering right now and stuff like that.
5: I was just gonna add, I think it's also a known phenomenon that a lot of times when patients of color are describing their symptoms to doctors, they're usually not believed or they are considered not to have an authority, especially women of color. So I can imagine that a lot of times doctors are just missing when their patients are describing symptoms of mental illness.
1: Why do you think doctors don't take their patients seriously in that way? Why do you think they just gloss over how they're feeling? that it might be a possibility of mental illness?
5: I think that's probably a reflection of systemic racism and just internalized more belief and trust in white people, especially white men.
1: So why do you think that African Americans, especially women, are more likely to experience physical symptoms related to mental health problems? Like, they may describe bodily aches and pains when talking about depression. And a healthcare provider who is not culturally competent might not recognize them as symptoms of a mental health condition. And then men are most likely to receive a misdiagnosis of schizophrenia when expressing symptoms re- related to mood disorder or PTSD.
6: I think a lot of this, like f- for women of color specifically, is this way. Because based on my own experiences, we internalize more because we're taught to keep things hidden. And it's kind of like another effect of toxic masculinity on women because men, they're like, be strong, don't cry. But you know, women, we're also hearing that and we're like, well, I don't wanna cry. I don't wanna be weak. So that is also another facet of it, but definitely internalizing a lot more has to deal with it.
1: So some problems within the mental health system are over-medication misdiagnosis and they're forcing patients to be in psychiatric care within a hospital it's like punishment for something that can't be controlled access to therapy and the representation of minorities definitely i feel like is a major issue like black therapists or black professionals in general just exposure to mental illness and why it's important to talk about it in our community so how do you think we can change that how do you think we can advocate for more support for education for mental illness?
6: Two things. One, it definitely starts with vulnerability. I think we need to start seeing vulnerability as a strength and not a weakness because vulnerability takes a lot to do. And then also representation. I think we need to show therapy as a good thing. We need to show it as a positive. And then on top of that, we need to show people of color giving other people therapy, or even people with mental illnesses giving other people with mental illnesses therapy, because I think along with that as well, people get this idea that, oh, only the people who are quote unquote broken can fix the broken, but people who are similar can help each other, can prop each other up, even more so than say, someone who's completely neurotypical working together
1: as a unit to advocate for mental health is the best option.
4: Yeah, I do agree with that. I think people of color should help other people of color because those are people who can understand what is going on with them. It's not all just because, oh, you're a different race, you can't help me. I think everyone who is or isn't in the same category should be able to help each other.
1: So uh, one other word that I found within the uh, Disability and Visibility podcast Um, episode 65, Black Mental Health. It's a word called ableism. It means discrimination in favor of able-bodied people. And one of the quotes was, we are an ableist culture that accepts the more high-functioning people with mental illness rather than speaking more about people with mental illnesses that impair function that most of us take for granted. Why do you think it took so long for us to, I guess, discover ableism as a problem, as an issue, or recognize why it's important to talk about?
6: Good question. This is a question I ask myself every day. Um, I don't know, but I would just say, kind of like right now in this system that we are in, we kind of pick and choose, social justice movements pick and choose which marginalized people we want to give more time to. So one time it'll be black people, another time it'll be immigrants, another time it'll be the LGBTQ community. And I think, not saying that it's not our time yet, but like, people aren't giving it as much attention as all these other groups.
5: Also a problem is the lack of visibility and representation when you don't have anybody who's a public figure or very few people who are advocating for disabled rights, then it's gonna be less likely to be paid attention to.
1: I 100% agree.
5: Same.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Youth Express. Youth Express is made possible with support from the Henry L. Hillman Foundation, the Pittsburgh Penguins Foundation, and the 33 Foundation, and was produced by SLB Radio Productions. Learn more at youthexpress.org. Youth Express. Catch the future.